Real quick driven mofos, you know I don't run any advertising or sell anyone else's shit on this podcast. So the only thing that I'll ever ask from you is that you help me get this podcast out to more people and spread the word by rating and reviewing this podcast. I promise it will only take 10 seconds, so please rate and review if you haven't already done so. And thank you in advance. You've probably heard the saying, you are what you tolerate, and people tolerate a lot of shit. This podcast, The Underestimated Entrepreneur, is for the driven mofos out there who are driven to achieve more in life and business. After studying 1,457 of the world's most successful people in different fields and spending over $1 million on coaches, consultants, and seminars, I wanted to share with you the key learnings, lessons, tips, tools, and strategies that have not only made them super successful, but have also allowed me to go from the kid who was put into special classes, getting kicked out of school and wanting to end my life, to becoming the mental performance coach to some of the country's most successful people and helping me to grow multiple businesses. I want to help all of those out there who have been underestimated to prove their doubt is wrong and to help them to achieve more than they could possibly imagine. I hope you enjoy. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about how to change your tolerance to the things that you don't want in life. What this will do is it will allow you to be able to move forward faster to achieving greater results within your own life. Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Let's talk today about tolerance and how most people tolerate a lot of shit within their own life, which then stops them from getting the results that they want. Now, before I go into this episode, just a massive shout out to Joe the Podiatrist. Thanks very much for sharing the podcast on your social media. Popped on Instagram the other day and noticed that you had shared it with your followers as well. Uh, jump across and check out Joe's page. Joe's the owner of Podfit. You can check him out on uh, Instagram. So a massive thank you and a thank you to all those who have been rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast. All right, Driven Mofos, let's talk about tolerance and tolerating a lot of shit. Now, when I was younger, I was taught that you need to be nice all the time, that you need to be humble. Now, if you look at the word humble, it means to be submissive. As a kid, I got told a lot of shit, really. Like, we don't talk back to our elders. Now, that may be a good philosophy. Like, I think that there is a disrespect in our society at the moment for the knowledge and the wisdom of people that are older. I used to be one of those ignorant little fuckers as well that, that used to think that old people didn't really have a lot to offer the world. As I'm getting a little bit older and a little bit wiser, that's completely the opposite. I realize that there is so much hidden and trapped knowledge in people that have lived a great life. And so you need to go and talk to them and communicate and help them and look after them because they have so much to give to our society. And I think that that's often glazed over. But anyway, I was taught that you don't talk back to your elders. I was taught that you need to be nice to everybody, that you need to be kind all the time, that it matters what other people think and how they behave all the time or, or their emotional states. It's like if someone is sad, you know, you need to go up and support them and help them and be kind to them and all those types of things. I understand the intention behind a lot of those sayings, but I think it also stopped me from being the person that I wanted to be because I was afraid of upsetting people. And I realized that no matter what I did, I was upsetting somebody. When I dropped out being a diesel mechanic, that upset my, my mother and other members of my family. When I decided to leave a relationship, that upset the person who I was leaving the relationship with. I just realized that you're going to upset people. You are going to make people unhappy. You are going to have to play bigger than what you're probably playing at the moment uh, if you want to match your dreams with your expectations, with the way you really want to live. And I think that way too many people play way too small. And this is really where it comes down to our tolerance. I started realizing that I was tolerating a lot of shit. Like I was going to school and I was tolerating that people were telling me that I wasn't smart enough. And so that caused a lot of problems but when I just thought you know what fuck it I'm gonna do whatever I want that was the moment that my life changed in school because I started to stand up for myself I remember one day the religion teacher of uh, in this class he said to me Michael if you're not going to take this class seriously 
then don't come. And that was my way of going, cool, fuck it. I don't have to go to religion class anymore. And so I just didn't go. And it was interesting because I pretty much skipped a whole year of that class and I still got C pluses in every quarter or every term of the class. Fuck knows how. I think it was because the teacher didn't want to admit to the school that he'd essentially kicked me out of class and said, don't come if you're not going to take this seriously. And that I didn't want to take it seriously. And I took that literally. And so I just didn't go to didn't go to class. But I just realized that I, I was tolerating a lot of bullshit. So that started changing the way that I approached school. And when I got kicked out of school at 15 and went back to a different school, my approach to school was I'm just going to do what I want and I'm going to enjoy it. Whereas previously, I was trying to please my parents, especially my mum, And that put a lot of pressure on me. But I was tolerating that shit. Now, yes, it caused more friction in the home, caused a lot more stress around the place. But for me, I actually started enjoying school a little bit. Not a lot, but just a little bit. I had also been tolerating a lot of shitty friendships. And then when I changed school, I stopped tolerating those shitty friendships and stopped putting up with as much crap. And I think that helped me a lot as well with my friendships. As I got to around about 21, I believe, I ended up having a couple of longer term relationships around 21, 22. But I'd had relationships probably from about the age of four, maybe 16. Uh, right through to around around about that 21. And I kept getting in relationships because I felt like I needed to have somebody. And so I would get out of a relationship and within two or three months, I'm back in a relationship with somebody uh, or in a different relationship. And so I didn't really have a lot of time to myself. I guess time by myself scared me quite a lot. Maybe it's because of my high value on social connection. I'm not sure, but I just didn't like being alone. And then once I hit around about the 21 mark and I started going out and partying a lot more, I started getting a bit more attention from girls. I learned how to talk to them. I learned how to communicate more effectively. And I guess that led to uh, a lot of, I guess you could say, flowing relationships where, you know, whatever happened, happened. But I just enjoyed life a lot more because I didn't want to tolerate a shitty relationship. And it wasn't really until Jess came along and she was pretty casual and cruisy and didn't really put any pressure on me. She never hit me up for marriage after the second or third week, like some of the other psychopaths that I dated had. So I started realizing that I was tolerating a lot of shit in those relationships. And so over time, I realized that there was this tolerance threshold that we all have. Now, I've spoken before about this thermostat that we have, that when it heats up too much, the air conditioning clicks in, it cools down everything. And then when it's too cold, the thermostat clicks in place again, and all of a sudden it heats up. I think that's that essentially almost is the same thing as a tolerance threshold, that you just get to a place where you realize that you're not going to tolerate shit anymore. But some people have a bigger tolerance threshold. Some people can just keep eating and eating and eating, and they'll keep gaining weight because their tolerance threshold for their physical appearance is quite low. And so they just don't have that tolerance to go, you know what, I need to do something different. I need to change my diet. Whereas some people, once they start putting on a little bit more weight and their shirts start getting a little bit tighter, bang, the tolerance threshold kicks in and off they go again. Some people have this financial tolerance threshold where they don't put up with a lot of shit financially and they'll keep pushing for growth. And they'll have times where they chill out and just cruise for a little bit, but that tolerance threshold will kick in and off they go again. Whereas some people just don't even have a tolerance threshold for money. And they're quite happy to accept that they're probably never going to get anywhere in life in their area of finances. Some people have a tolerance threshold where they consistently put up with shit from their family. Now, there is this thing in society where it says, you know, I've heard these things before, but it's just that most people get taught from a young age that family always have your back, that family are family and so on. That may be true, but also it's your life and they're your values and they're your goals and they're your expectations. And so if your family is someone who consistently holds you back, then maybe it's time to decide how you want those relationships to be and try different try different ways, try different methodologies to improve your relationship with those people. I know for me, I love my family and I get along with them quite well, but that doesn't mean that our relationship is easy. It means that there have been a lot of tough relation, uh, tough conversations that have needed to happen. The same as in mine and Jess's relationship. You know, the, a lot of the tough conversations lead to better outcomes, 
but that's because I have a low tolerance for bullshit on in our relationship. And so when things start getting out of whack or when I can't keep progressing with my goals, then I sit down and I have a conversation. I say, hey, look, this is my tolerance threshold. It's starting to get pushed. It's time that we need to do something different. How do we do it? How do we work together? How do you get what you want? How do I get what I want? And so on. I just think a lot of people in our society are poor communicators. So when it comes to family, intimate relationships, careers, businesses, they normally put up with a lot of shit because they don't know any different. And then so they become passive aggressive. And that means that you put up with shit for a while until you flip out or lash out or you start undermining things because you won't just say what you need to say. Um, I've always admired people who can just say what they need to say in a way that is very intelligent and very effective. In fact, I love watching people that are very good with debates. I like the debating where you've got two intelligent people that bring up different angles on the same topic that maybe people haven't thought about. And what I like about that is that you're coming to a mid-ground or a consensus based on two intelligent people talking about facts. If you've heard me talk before, I don't like labeling the way that people eat. I think that it's a really bad way of living life. Like I've, I've had some friends of mine who label themselves as vegans and then they say, I, I'm happy to adapt and adjust my diet and blah, blah, blah. And I go, well then don't have a label around it. Just say, you know what? At the moment, I'm just going through a stage where I don't eat meat. Because once you have a label, you're bound by a bunch of rules. It's like saying that you follow Islam and then now all of a sudden you follow Christianity. There is a bunch of different rules and different ideas and different ideals that normally come with those, I guess you could say, different methods of following a religion. Now, if you're changing from a paleo diet, when I say paleo, if you know those diets, then you know that there are things that you can eat, there's things that you can't eat, and there are sort of rules. Now, when you break those rules, it's gonna cause a bit of mental shit for you or a bit of mental destruction, and you'll beat yourself up and feel guilty because you're not sticking to this diet. The same as people that don't wanna eat meat. I think that it's really important that you just do what's right by you. But again, this comes back to the threshold. If you have a threshold where you understand your body and you have this threshold, where you go, you know what, I'm just gonna eat because it's right for me. You don't need to label things. I think the more people have these labels, the more they fit into boxes, but the more you fit into a box, the more you have defined boundaries, which then means you've gotta have more boxes if you don't fit into those boundaries. And this is what's happening in our society right now. I know I'm going a bit off track, but this is important to understand, that when someone goes to, let's say a doctor, and, and they have certain type of symptoms, or, or I guess you could say data sets or data points around a certain thing, if they don't fight, quite fit into that category, they have to find that category plus another category to try and fit people into. And so now you'll hear people who have a label, a label, a label, a label, a label, and they have all these different labels because they need to, because they don't fit nice and tight into this beautiful little box that a lot of people need to put other people into. Those boxes have defined boundaries. Those defined boundaries can trap people because they are boundaries. When you just live life and you have a way of just understanding yourself, you don't need those boundaries. You know, I've had plenty of people talk to me and say, you know, have you ever been checked for ADHD? And I'm like, well, why? Why do I need that? And they go, well, because, you know, at least then you won't be able to understand the reason why you do things. I'm like, I fucking understand myself because I've been living this way my whole life. In fact, I understand myself better than anyone else because this is me. I don't need that diagnosis in order to give me a label to have a box. Now, that doesn't mean that if there's someone out there who needs the medication or something like that, maybe it's going to help. But at the same time, maybe it's also going to hinder. I've worked with plenty of people who have had those symptoms of ADHD, gone and been drugged, and essentially it doesn't help them function any better. It just dulls them, it makes them less reactive, 
and that less reactiveness then allows them to have their boundaries pushed because normally with ADHD, which is maybe I've got it because if I'm living outside of my values, I react pretty strongly. So if Jess tries to make me do something that's outside of my values, she'll see me become really hyperactive or just shut down or become really distracted because it's really obvious. You know, if I've got to sit there and do hours of financial reporting, I'm distracted, I'm on my phone, I really struggle with it. Now, I could link my values, which would help, but at the same time, it's my brain giving me feedback that this isn't my strong point. So I just go back to doing what I I do best because it's really fucking obvious. Now, if I dull that, then it becomes harder to navigate my life because I don't really understand myself. And this is why I think that most people struggle in life is because they don't understand themselves well enough. Driven mofos, I'm guessing that you found out about this podcast because someone shared it with you, posted it on their Insta stories, tweeted it, or something like that. I hope you're enjoying the podcast and getting a heap of value from it, just like those who shared it with you. As you know, I don't run any paid ads or sponsorship on this podcast, as it's my goal to get good information out to the world for free. The only thing that I'd ask from you is that you continue to pay it forward by sharing this episode and letting others know about what we do in this podcast so that we can keep growing this amazing community of driven mofos. So please keep the good karma rolling and share this episode with someone or just share it on your socials. How does what I'm talking about help to understand your threshold? Because those symptoms are normally a byproduct. Let's say you're labeled as having ADHD. The fact that you can't focus on certain things normally is feedback that you're outside of the thing that you're good at. So therefore, once you cross that threshold, it becomes really, really obvious that you've stepped outside of your competency as a person and your greatness. So I think that it's actually a benefit for a lot of people. It's just that a lot of parents try to fit their kids into a ideal or an, yeah, you could just say it's an ideal in society where a kid has to go to school. They've got to do really, really well. They've got to get a good education. The parent wants the best for the child, but the parent only knows what's best for the child based on their perception of life. And so most parents, based on their perception of life, try to get their kids to do the things that will help them satisfy their own insecurities. I'll use my personal example. My mum had to drop out of school because she fell pregnant with me. All three of her siblings all went to university. They graduated university and they all went on to have high paying careers in corporate jobs. And they ended up very high up in certain organizations for a while anyway. Now, I assume that my mum felt really guilty that she didn't get a good education. So from a young age, I was put under a lot of pressure that I needed to go to school in order to get a good education. My mum kept pushing university, got to get a good education, got to get a good education. Now that is her insecurity probably from falling pregnant at 17 and then having me and dropping out of school. She probably saw that her siblings were making more money, that they were doing maybe a bit better in life. Maybe they had more life choices. And so that would have created a massive void in her life and a bunch of insecurities. So in order for me not to have that insecurity or for me not to feel the pain that she had, my mum tried to protect me by forcing me to do something that she perceived would benefit my life. But by doing so and projecting that insecurity on me, Not only did it make me insecure, it made me feel really shit about myself because I wasn't naturally talented at school. Now, whether it's destiny that my mum had to learn that school's not everything and that school's not important by having a child that wasn't that good at school, I'm not sure. I don't know whether it's mother nature. I don't know whether it's God. I don't know whether it's the universe. I don't know what it is, what you'd call it. But sometimes things are put into our life in order to create more balance and to realize that things that we thought were important weren't really that important and help just make us who we are and help us heal those those wounds. Now, by having a child like me and not being the best at school, I think my mum's quite confident and quite comfortable in the fact that you don't need university to do well in life. Because after seeing me have multiple businesses now and, and multiple careers, 
where I have done fairly well for myself and ended up probably above the average in most areas of life. I think that she's quite confident and quite happy. And now with my nephew, which is my mum's grandchild, my nephew is a lot like me. And my brother-in-law is a lot like me as well uh, in certain ways where he can't sit still at school. He gets in trouble at school. You ask him, you know, how's school going? Oh, I hate school. I don't want to go to school. But he likes playing footy. He likes hanging out with people. Uh, he likes connecting with everybody. But not necessarily enjoy school that much. And I've seen my mum has shifted her opinion on school where when she'll talk to me and my sister or, or our family, she'll say things like, you know, school's not everything. Now that's not how I grew up. School was everything that I had to do really, really well. So that insecurity was projected on me, but my mum had to learn how to deal with that part of herself in some way, shape or form. So coming back to family dynamics and your tolerance of the shit that you put up with, that threshold, if you learn how to communicate better, you don't put up with more shit. You just learn how to communicate more effectively so that other people understand you and help you on your journey in most cases. But that also depends on how volatile your family is, how much they understand certain things. The more volatile a person is and the more emotionally reactive somebody is, the more they live inside their amygdala or their flight, fight and freeze response, the less they are going to be able to think through different ideas. So when you're intelligent, you can think through different ideas and you can question things. When you are unintelligent and you live in your amygdala and you don't have that prefrontal cortex developed too well, you will be more fundamental in your thinking. And this is why certain people will just argue for whatever fucking reason, no matter how stupid it is, because that's just how they operate. They don't know any different. They can't question things. For them, everything is black and white. A lot of the time it's very, very hard because I go on certain podcasts or I'll be in certain interviews and people ask me questions. And you'll hear one of the key words I say is that it depends because it depends. It depends on the situation. It depends on the person. If you listen to someone like Jordan Peterson, he has such an amazing way of communicating where people will ask him questions and he'll say things like, I just don't like the way the question's formulated, or I don't necessarily agree that that is the best question to ask in order to try to find out what we're trying to find out because he knows that questions matter. He knows that by asking certain questions, it's not as easy as giving a black and white answer and the media and less intelligent people love black and white answers. Like they'll just say, well, what do you think about this? And something's either right or it's wrong. It's good or it's bad. Now that's not the case in life. Good things can be bad. So I like eating chocolate. Is chocolate a good thing? Well, yeah, because it makes me feel good in the moment. I enjoy it. A lot of the time I will eat chocolate with Jess or something like that. So it's a way to connect. So there are good things, but are they also bad things? hundred percent. Sometimes I feel like shit afterwards. Sometimes I eat too much. Sometimes it causes me to put on a little bit of extra weight that I don't really need, which then, you know, makes me feel shit about myself. So then I go on train and exercise because my tolerance or my threshold kicks in. So good things can turn bad and bad things can turn good. I mean, look at relationships. They can be a good thing until they're not and they can turn bad. So is a relationship good or bad? It all depends. It depends. When are you asking the question? Okay. From what perspective? From whose perspective? There's just so many things that you could ask in order to try to navigate that question in so many different ways. So there are huge gray areas. Everything's not black and white. Black and white thinking is symptomology of someone who lives in the flight, fight and freeze response and can't think effectively. And this is why very intelligent people can sort of navigate conversations where they ask a lot more questions. Again, Jordan Peterson is great with this, where he will ask a lot of different questions in order to try to figure out the person's stance. And then he can figure out whether he agrees or disagrees or those types of things. Now, I don't always agree with everything that he says, but he's just very good at navigating those conversations and those situations. So I hope this episode has helped you to think about the tolerance thresholds that you have. What are you tolerating in your life that you shouldn't? What are you tolerating in your life that you're fed up with? And then what do you need to do to progress? The best way to progress with these things is to ask very good questions. So it could be, 
How do I navigate the conversations that I need to have with my family? It may be, how do I navigate improving my health circumstances? What could I do? How could I do it? When do I need to start doing it? And so by asking really effective questions, it will help you navigate better results within your own life, but it will also help you to up the tolerance threshold of putting up with shit within your own life. And everybody goes through stages where you'll put up with shit, but over time, your your tolerance threshold will develop. I know personally, I used to be a non-confronter where I wouldn't confront situations. And again, I would get passive aggressive. I would let people get away with shit. I would see the best in everybody. And this is part of the problem that we had with our hiring strategy as a business owner. I would allow people to not do work and not bring it up with them. They would take a day off with like, they would essentially tell us the day before how I need tomorrow off. Well, that's not really acceptable in a business. And most businesses, if you're going to take a day off, you need to give them at least two weeks notice. But I let people get away with that stuff and it would affect the business. It would affect how I operated. It would affect other staff members. And I would put up with that shit because I didn't want to upset anybody. I didn't want to rock the Apple car. I didn't want to piss off employee who goes, well, you don't give me time off. And I always thought if you do the right thing by people, that would do the right thing by you. Then what I found out was that that's not the case, that people normally do the right thing by themselves because it's important to them. Full stop. Now, will they look after you if you have mutual best interests? Yeah, probably. But at the same time, when that changes and that circumstance change, will they change? And the answer is normally yes. So it is best to establish rules and keep people accountable to those rules. I remember the quote, what gets rewarded gets repeated. And so if you allow people to do certain things, you don't bring it up with them immediately, then they'll keep doing it. And what gets punished gets avoided. So if someone doesn't rock up for work one day and they go, oh, it's just because of these reasons and you allow them to get away with that, they will, they are bound to repeat it. So these days I just pull people straight up on things. Once they cross a boundary, bang, pull them up on it immediately. Don't let people get away with things because they will consistently try to push those boundaries and hold tight to those boundaries. But that was just because I had a really shitty tolerance threshold where I would tolerate a lot of shit from people. And then that would cause me to explode. And then when I would explode and fucking lash out at people, then they would go, you're a prick. You have shitty communication skills. You do the wrong thing by people. But it was just because I'd put up with a lot of shit for so long that that anger and resentment built up inside of me that I would just slash out. Um, and that's not a good way of running a business. And it's definitely not a good way of, I, I guess, navigating life. So I had to learn how to communicate more effectively with people, but also to not fear the consequences of holding people accountable to their boundaries. Sometimes it pisses people off. But the other thing with boundaries as well is that it creates security. It creates a certainty within your life and other people's lives as well that maybe they might not have outside of work or outside of you being in their life. Anyway, Driven Mofos, I hope this conversation helps in some way, shape or form to reconsider some of the areas of life that you are tolerating a lot of shit in and that maybe it might be time to make changes. Anyway, Driven Mofos, have a great day. Keep kicking massive goals and I look forward to you joining me back here once again for another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Oh,